This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Letter from Bureau, a special series which is part of The Straits Times Asian Insider podcast channel. I'm your host, ST's foreign editor, Bhagyashri Gareka. Now, the letter from the Bureau is like a scenic detour from news that keeps hitting the headlines. Wars and earthquakes and elections and all kinds of things that impact us. Now, in this podcast, we talk about life as it goes on amid all these crises. So I chat each month with one of ST's two dozen correspondents in the Asia-Pacific, the US and Europe. And they share with you interesting trends and events unfolding in their countries. Now, before we welcome our guest for this episode, let me say hello to our listener in Australia who wrote to us to say that he really liked a podcast that we aired last month about Australia's new arts and culture policy. Carl Gopalakrishnan from Morley in Western Australia, I believe that's in Perth, he emailed us to say that he found our podcast very engaging and especially appreciated it as an artist himself. So thank you, Carl, for sharing your views. And in our 22nd episode, we are speaking with The Straits Times Indochina Bureau Chief, Tan Huiyi. It's good to have you on the show again, Huiyi. Thank you for inviting me, Bagya. So Huiyi, you wrote a piece recently about an uproar in Thailand, which was caused by a teacher who went around, I believe, randomly snipping off students' hair uh, in a school assembly. And these were around 100 students, no less. So these poor kids got ugly haircuts from this man. It made headlines, and you wrote about it. Could you tell us a bit about this incident? How did it come about? Well, this took place in Bangsampan, Mithiakom School. It's a high school in Pechapun. That is a province in northern Thailand. So according to the school authorities, the students had haircut that was too long, which was against the school rules. And the teacher was using these crude cuts to essentially indicate which students needed to go to the barber in order to meet the school standards. And after the teacher was done, there were tufts of hair all over the concrete floor. So they were not actual haircuts. The teacher was cutting their hair so crudely to punish them for not meeting the school's haircut standards. The students tell me that incidents like this one are actually quite common. But what was different in this case was that the students present filmed it on their mobile phones and then uploaded the footage on social media. This created an uproar in some sections of Thai society. So that's why you picked up on it and wrote about it. But tell me, does Thailand have clear haircut rules or, you know, hairstyling rules for students? Well, there are many grey areas. The hairstyles required by many schools today date back to about 50 years from the days of military dictatorship, and it's very gender-specific. The boys are required to sport this military-style crew cut, and the girls have to wear bobs that end at the earlobes. All the barbers dealing with school students are very familiar with the standard haircut. The education ministry used to have hairstyle guidelines, but it repealed them in January. The minister, Ms. Trinuk Tiantong, essentially left it up to the schools to decide what rules to impose. But this was criticized for being a cop-out. Human rights groups felt that the ministry should be leading the way in terms of setting progressive standards. So instead, the new ruling gave conservatives cover if they wanted to impose harsh hairstyle standards. Imagine that. So are there no girls with you know, pigtails or ponytails in, in, in Thai schools? They all have the same uniform bob? 
Well, there are some, but it depends on what kind of activities they do in school and also the rules that the specific school set out for them. Hmm. So it goes back 50 years, like you said. Now, you have students, activists who you spoke to and who you quoted in your story as saying that this kind of, you know, the incident basically showed that there was authoritarianism in Thai school. Is, is that your view? Is that how you saw it? Or did you, did you think that the teacher had a point if there are rules and, you know, and the students were presumably not listening, were given warnings and all that, and then this teacher decided to take this drastic action of just going down to the assembly with a pair of scissors and snipping off hair. Where do, how do you see it? So this is a source of constant debate in Thai society, but I think over the years there has been greater discussion and recognition about the need for a less top-down education system and one that emphasizes critical thinking simply because it produces better results. But you can't have one without the other. If you create spaces for critical thinking, you naturally create more avenues for self-expression. You create spaces where traditional sources of knowledge can be challenged. And the current school-going generation is very well aware of big changes in education around the world and eager to see such changes within their own schools. But bureaucracy has been very largely slow to change. So you are still dealing with very top-down and regimented structures. So in this context, one of the primary ways for students to get themselves heard is by leaking information on social media. Yeah, I believe we see that happen in other countries as well, though I can't remember where else there's been a fuss about haircuts. So it's a pretty, you know, it's a, it's an issue which grabs you immediately. And I, and I guess students also have ready opinions on this kind of thing. So I, I mean, I do understand why this would become viral at the, as this incident did get. And and, and as you say, it ha- it touches on many underlying larger, I guess, values debate that's that's going on. But you also say in your story, Hui, that there is a like a political angle to it and that there is a history of student activism and student protest uh, movements in Thailand. And in fact, you yourself have been reporting on many of these. This was pre-pandemic, of course. A pandemic led to a shutdown of that of, of this kind of activity the marching on the streets that was going on. But now Thailand has entered an election season. We are uh, we have elections looming up on May the 14th. So what is your sense of the student mood now? Well, that's interesting because a bad student, this student group first came to public attention about two years ago when they were advocating against hairstyle rules and draconian punishments. But that advocacy took place at a time when there was larger discontent against the government led by Prayut Janucha. A large part of it was triggered by the dissolution of the Future Forward Party, uh, this political party that was supported by many young people. And eventually, as the street demonstrations continued, the students began advocating on an increasingly wider range of issues, from rights for gender minorities to monarchy reform. So these street protests have died down, as people are now mostly looking forward to what will happen after the election on the 14th of May. Public attention has turned away from what's happening in schools, but the students themselves have not stopped advocating for better treatment. If you look at the social media accounts of bad students, for example, you will still constantly see new content. So I take it then that the issue is still alive, hasn't, I guess, been uh, satisfactorily resolved from the point of view of the students, at least, right? And yes, it would be interesting to see what happens as the election comes closer. 
Now, you spoke about gender issues as one of the issues around which this debate is turning or, or is evolving. How do you see that expressed? Are there, why, are there things more than, uh, say, haircuts? Are there other related issues that you see surface up in the local media or on websites? Well, the haircut rule was very gender-specific. Mm-hmm. Boys had to have this crew cut and the girls had to have this bob cut, right? And this binary extends to school uniforms. But there have been some more progressive schools. This high school in Bangkok, Matayang Wat Tatong, now lets its students wear their hair according to their gender identity as long as it's neat. So then in the case of this uh, school at least, boys could grow it longer and the girls could do whatever, have Have it shorter shorter or grow it longer too, right? I mean, there is freedom as to whichever hairstyle you choose, right? Yes, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I, from the world over, the trend seems to be that so long as it's neat, I think teachers and schools like neatness, uh, especially, I guess, in the earlier grades of schools, they're okay. I, and I think in the West, you see nothing at all that needs to be said about haircuts. It's, it's entirely up to you, right? So we do see a shade of uh, rules and thinking and values, you know, very, very well reflected through hair. So that's an interesting story and in, uh, that, that you did, Hui. So, in sum, if you were to tell us, what does the whole affair lead you to think about the changing Thai society? In large parts, Thai society is still conservative, but the young people, like the young people elsewhere in the world really, are challenging the old patriarchal attitudes by using social media to organize themselves and make themselves heard. So this ongoing conversation will continue through the generations. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and it should be the way. I mean, this is natural and this is positive. Uh, but one thing, though, I mean, we do have this impression that Thailand is a relaxed and a tolerant kind of society. You see that even in the you know other gender-related issues, you see the phenomena of, I don't know, ladyboys. Which is, which is different. I mean, I can think of many other conservative Asian societies which would re- react very differently to this kind of issues. But there seems to be some greater latitude perhaps in the Thai society. Is, is that a correct interpretation, Hui? I think this idea that Thailand is more relaxed when it comes to gender issues is very layered. So for example, although you see ladyboys are more present uh, visually in Thai society, they tend to be confined to certain professions for example, the service jobs, and not so common in other kinds of jobs. And they face discrimination and prejudice as well. I see. Uh, well, thank you, Hui. That was a very interesting discussion, and I hope our viewers will also find much to think about uh, from what you said. That's a wrap for Letter from the Bureau. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you'd like to read Hui's column, we have a link for you in our podcast description box. And you will also find a link there to other stories in our Letter from Bureau series. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A W E D I O.